if you do anything right, it would be keyword research because if you don't, then you're going to be stuck for a long time. If you're trying to go after a big fish before you can catch the small fish, then it's going to be a problem. That was my buddy, Justin. He's making about $350 per month. His site has about 30 posts and it was a pleasure to interview him. My name's Doug Cunnington and this is The Doug Show. I love doing these success story interviews. These are by far the most inspiring for me when I was getting started. And I know based on the emails that I get that people love these, especially when it's like Justin. He's a family man, serves in the military, and is working on his niche site on the side. I've known him for a couple years and it's cool because uh, he... (laughs) He's a student in the course, so I love to brag about students from my course. It's called Five Figure Niche Site if you're completely unfamiliar with it. I'll tell you more about it after the interview. But basically, Justin is a really cool story here because he didn't have like an overnight success. Those are interesting headlines most of the time, but they're not very relatable. It's kind of like uh, getting, I don't know, like basketball advice from Michael Jordan He's coming at it a little bit differently than me, right? If we're trying to learn about basketball. I'm assuming you're not going to Michael Jordan for Amazon affiliate advice. I'm not sure if he's even into that stuff. I have a feeling not. Anyway, Justin has a cool story because he didn't have like an overnight success. It took him a couple, well, I don't know if I want to call it a false false starts, but he built a couple sites in the past. Maybe they weren't exactly like connecting and making money and getting traffic how he wanted them to. So he went back to the drawing board a couple times and was able to find success. By the way, at the end of the interview, after the interview, I'm going to come back on I'm going to give a couple shout outs for people who have sent in voicemails, which is really cool. And I'm also going to talk about like a common thread, a common trait that I see from my students and just in general with people who have success stories, people that are successful in general. So I'm going to riff on that towards the end as well. Let's send it over to the interview with Justin. Hey, what's going on? It's Doug Cunnington here, and I'm with my friend Justin. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Doing really good. It's a snowy day here in Boulder, um, and we're running. I was running a little bit late because the traffic just slows down when it snows. So I appreciate your patience with my scheduling today. Yeah, no problem. No problem. So you're a student in Five Figure Niche Site, and you're uh, one of my proud success stories. So. I like to just jump right into it and then we'll hear about your backstory. But can you let us know some of the recent earnings on your Amazon affiliate site? So I'm making about 350 a month and the website is uh, just a little over a year old. It's like a year and a month. Cool. So Very good. Congratulations. That's uh, like a nice trajectory, especially for a busy person like yourself. Um, you, we were just talking, you have a new addition to the family. So yeah, what, what's your story overall? Like, what do you do uh, for your, your full-time gig? And then you could talk a little about your family as well. Yeah. So uh, I'm in the U S Navy and uh, so I move around a lot, uh, getting ready to move across country again. So it's always fun. takes up a lot of time. 
um, just had a new baby. So she's taken up a lot of time too. So just trying to balance out work and working at home and family. So it's fun. Well, thanks for serving, of course. And um, I didn't realize you had all this stuff going on. Like when we, right before we started recording, you were like, yeah, we got the five week old. We're moving mm-hmm. soon. Things are packed up. So thank you so much for spending the time with me today. I know that the time's precious right now. So appreciate it. And let's, uh, let's turn back uh, the clock a little bit in. When did you enroll in the course, and, and do you remember when you first uh, heard about affiliate marketing and stuff? Yeah, so I think I enrolled like a year and like six months ago, something like that, because I had another site before this site that I worked on. Um, but then I first heard about affiliate marketing, I think in around 2016, I signed up for a couple courses that weren't your course, obviously, and... Um, they were just really outdated and bad. They had bad information and just kind of steered me in the wrong uh, direction. But I didn't give up. I didn't want to give up because I saw the the viability of this and being able to work for yourself. So uh, I kept researching and eventually I stumbled upon you and a few others that had actual good information that courses that were actually up to date. And uh, I just started following them. And here I am now. So Cool. Very good. And as far as uh, like the traffic numbers, can you, you know, I'll get some screenshots from you, but Mm -hmm. um, over the last, say, 30 days or the last month or two, like what kind of traffic are you getting on a monthly uh, basis? It's anywhere between like 3,500 to 4,000 a month. Okay. So pretty, it's not a huge, huge number for the revenue Mm -hmm. that you're, you're doing. No, not at all. But I, uh, I've, gotten pretty good with my uh, product review keywords. So those are ranking pretty high. So I think that has a lot to do with the success for money. Okay, very good. And uh, can you give us some insight into uh, like the the special the special thing that you're doing to uh, rank these product related keywords? Uh, nothing special, just uh, right. keyword research. There's, there's nothing, nothing to it. Basically, just follow what you what you preach with the uh, keyword research, um, really niche down, like really niche down so that it's really targeted and specific. Um, and just not really caring so much about the volume because a lot of times I see that the volume doesn't really match up to how much traffic I'm actually getting. Okay. Very good. And I guess you're talking about the keyword golden ratio, the KGR to Mm -hmm. help, uh, essentially like get that very long tail, ultra long tail traffic. So Do you have any, uh, maybe like examples, not specific of the the keyword, but you're like, Hey, the search volume for this term was like zero and I'm getting more traffic. Do you have a couple home runs like that? I do. Uh, it's an information post, but one of my informational posts, it actually gets the most traffic on my site and it's, it's zero and it brings in anywhere between like sometimes 30 to 40 visits a day. Wow. And are you, do you have any affiliate links on that informational content? Uh, that particular post? No, I don't. It's strictly informational. Okay. And uh, that's pretty cool. And I guess that was just one of the keywords you found and you were like, Hey, this makes sense to publish. And now Mm -hmm. it's pulling in the majority of the traffic for your site. Yep. Awesome. So as far as like the, the, the product keywords, can you give us just some broad tips? I know you were like, Hey, just follow the stuff in the course, but do you have any like overall tips? Like if you were chatting with one of your friends who 
isn't in the course. How would you describe your keyword research approach? Um, so I'll either use Ahrefs or sometimes I'll just go on Google and I'll use like the auto suggest for Google and I'll just type in best blah, blah, blah for blah, blah, blah. And I'll just let it fill it out. Um, and I really look at the SERPs. Like that's been one of the things that I wish I would have done a lot earlier was like understand the SERPs. And I look for certain things. Like if I see, um, if I see like a forum like Quora or just a forum that I see for my, my niche, I automatically am pretty much going to write it regardless of the traffic. Like it's going to go up because I know I can rank at least on the first page within like a couple weeks. Okay. So that's been really big. Very good. So you'll check out uh, basically like sort of sites that have maybe a little bit weaker SEO. So especially a forum where you could have a bunch of jokers um, going on and on for multiple pages before they ever get to the answer. So you're, you're thinking, Hey, I can give the searcher a more concise answer a little bit quicker and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. And also I found in my niche too, that there's a lot of um, e-commerce sites that rank for the best keywords and I just go for them. And a lot of times I'll even outrank them as well. Okay. That's cool. And, you know, I want to jump back to the earnings because you mentioned the trajectory was, was pretty interesting in that, you know, you're making uh, a few bucks a month and then it jumped to a hundred and then it's kind of accelerating. So can Mm -hmm. you paint us a picture of uh, that, that movement and that growth? Yeah. So um, I started out, I think I made like 10 bucks. That was like the very first month. And then I uh, stopped making money for like two months. And then all of a sudden it jumped up to like 50 bucks. And then it kind of dropped down again to 25. And then the next month it was up to like 150. And then the next month it jumped up to like 300. And I was like, oh my God, like this is working. And ever since then it's like, it's approaching 400 now. And I'm just really happy with the, the site path I'm going on. Fantastic. And congratulations. A lot of people, you know, fail to even launch a site and a lot of people, you know, really don't make much money. Um, they just get frustrated and quit. Now you mentioned you had a site going and you tried to take a a couple other courses, basically Mm -hmm. a few false starts. So how do you feel now that you're like, Hey, I'm making it work and it's growing like personally and emotionally. Like, how do you feel about it? Uh, it's good. I mean, it's nice that you find something that works, you stick with it for long enough and you know, you don't give up that, you know, you can make it happen. Awesome. And like to, to your family, is this, does this mean anything huge? Um, obviously growing, growing family and, and you're moving and all that stuff, anything specific where you're like, Oh, it's really great um, to have this extra revenue coming in. Oh yeah. I rub it in my wife's face all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She, uh, she's happy that, you know, we have a little bit of extra money for, you know, groceries or whatever. And, you know, as a, you know, three years down the line, I'm hoping it replaces the income totally. And I can, you know, spend time, more time with family and be able to take them on trips and, you know, just create memories. That's the most important thing. So that's what, you know, this is all about for me. Awesome. Very good. And, if, if, if you're, uh, well, I don't want to assume how your, your family dynamic is or anything like that, but you've been working on this for a while. So mm-hmm. it probably felt amazing to be able to show your wife, Hey, like we, we are making money. I knew it could work. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So any, anything around that? 
Oh yeah. I mean, when I have like my big days where I've made a lot of money, I'm showing her screenshots. Like, look, I look what I sold today. Like, look how much money I've made. And she's just like, Oh, that's awesome. You know, you're doing such a good job. Like keep going. And so that does, you know, it helps out a lot. It keeps, keeps me focused on you know, adding more content and researching more keywords or, you know, whatever I'm doing for that day. So, okay. Cool. So how much content is on the site at this point? Can you give us a relative idea of like the length of a lot of the post and how you approach content? Yeah. So, um, I only have 28 posts on my website, so I don't have that many at all, which is kind of promising for the future and adding more. Um, so info posts, they're right around 1500 words, um, sometimes 2000, but I try to keep it up right around 1500 and then um, buyer intent posts are anywhere between 2,000 to 2,500. Okay. So, and then did you write those yourself? Um, so probably about 50-50. About half of the posts I wrote myself. And then half of the posts are outsourced on Upwork. Okay. One thing I really like that you've done here is you have 28 posts over the course of a year. They're you know, a, a decent length. They're not crazy long, but I do run into a lot of folks, e- even in the course, um, they, they start the course with the best intentions of like doing exactly what I outline as the framework. And then they find themselves pu- trying to publish like a hundred or 200 or 300 articles. And I'm like, no, 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 like pump the brakes. Like, you got to do some other work along with it, which is around outreach and link building and that sort of thing. So I like that you've kept it at a manageable um, sort of size for the number of links you have, which we'll be getting to in a second. But um, I don't know. Do you have any observations? I know you're you're in the Facebook group. You're active. You're, you're in the community. So um, do you have any observations on people just trying to pump the site with content and then kind of miss the uh, forest for the trees? Uh, I don't know. I, I kind of wish that I would have more content actually, uh, looking back, I could have probably worked harder, but I mean, that's hindsight 2020 now. Uh, I mean, currently I'm trying to reach six posts a month on the site, but I also have the money now to where I can reinvest it back in and do majority outsource and just work more on the editing of the post. Cause that's, Mainly what I care about is putting it in my own voice and making sure that the reader is satisfied. So, um, but I mean, I think if you're at the revenue level that you want to be at and you can do it at a slow pace, then it's, I mean, you should. Okay, cool. And as far as like picking the niche, which we're not going to reveal or anything like that, but um, some people are like, Hey, you got to go for something you're interested in, you're passionate about, or um, other people, or just like, hey, whatever. I don't care what the topic is. Um, I'll I'll write about anything, and I, I could do it. So for this one, are you are you interested in it? Is it something you actually care about? Not at all. No. Nope. Okay. Um, it does make it harder to write content. It does make it harder to want to sit down and write. And sometimes I do force myself to write, but I think the money is the motivator in this in this case, and that since I'm doing so well, and since I know that if I put content out and it's good, then people will consume it, like it, and maybe buy something. It motivates me more than like actually liking the topic. So 
Okay. And I, I kind of fall in the same area where I like the process of doing, you know, the work. So I'm definitely okay just in general with not being interested or passionate about this specific topic. So I also have the luxury, like, like you do now to, you know, reinvest, um, revenue so that you don't have to do all the writing and stuff like that. So yeah, very cool. All right. Now going back to the, the older site that, that you launched and maybe some mistakes that you made, do you have a need to highlight? And uh, maybe there's one specific that caused you to think, Hey, you know what? I, I should launch a new site and um, just kind of start from scratch here. Uh, yeah, definitely just too much competition, like going for something that just has way too much competition um, something that you just like some niches, you just can't find cracks. Like they're just so competitive that maybe for a beginner, it's better to kind of stay away from that until you really understand what you're doing. And so I think I bit off a little bit more than I could chew. Okay. I've seen that. Um, well, you, I mean, you can't blame a, a new person, uh, to understand like the interest intricate nature of like competition analysis. And after you mm -hmm. start analyzing more and you see more stuff, like then you could tell pretty quickly. So you went for something a little lower competition and it, it turned out to be something you're not super interested in, but you're actually able to make the, the site profitable. Perfect. Yep. All right. And moving on to link building, how's it been going for you? What's your approach to link building outreach and promoting the site? So it's been 100% outsourced. I've uh, tried a couple different companies, um, and I've had success with them. It's just outsourcing gets expensive. And uh, so I'm definitely going to work on outreach myself. But it's it, it works. Okay. And I think um, it's key to highlight because some people um, are like, hey, I'm not going to do any kind of link building. I just want it to happen naturally. And I, I think it can happen naturally. I mean, have you gotten any natural backlinks that you know of or? Um, not, not quality ones. No, not that I've seen. They've all been kind of garbage links. Okay. And that honestly, that is the, that's my observation. Most of the time is if you're not going out to actively like promote the site, occasionally you may get a link, but usually it's like after your site's been around for, a pretty long time. I mean, you may start getting them now, Justin, your site's been around for about a year or so, but yeah, um, yeah people are, don't care about affiliate sites or not. They're not usually going to go link to your site unless you let them know that it's out there. So, yeah. Um, and we won't go, we won't mention these specific companies you outsource to, but how was the process overall just like putting in your order and working with them? How did, how did it go? How long did it take? Um, so most of the time, uh, it's pretty easy to, uh, you know, put exactly what you want, the anchor text, uh, what page, um, but the actual guest posts can take anywhere between like 15 to 30 days to actually post. And then I always go back and I check to make sure that it's on the website that they said it was on. And, uh, normally I'll use like Ahrefs to see if it comes through there and, um, yeah, it's been a, I mean, it's been a good experience, but like I said, it's just, it's just costly. So, yeah. And we were just, you know, we were just talking before we hit record here and yeah, for the age, 
age site case study that I'm working on, it is by far like the most um, expensive part. And I've, I think I've spent, you know, $2,500, $3,000 on backlinks. And I believe they are helping. You know, I, I do come from the camp where, you know, links help and, you know, take a proactive approach. But gosh, it's just so expensive if you outsource it. Super yeah. easy to outsource, but very expensive. It is. And just a, a story about the about backlinks and how powerful they can be. Uh, I have a page that I think it was ranking like maybe on page three for the longest time, like months. And I hit it with one backlink and now it's number three in the SERPs. So, I mean, they, they and I did nothing else to it. So they 100 percent work. Like I know for a fact. That's super cool. Do you remember how long it took? Uh, it took about a month forward to hit number three after everything was indexed. Cool. It's, um, it's hard to gauge it these days because usually we're doing many other things to our sites. We may be optimizing this, the on-site content and a few other things doing internal links. And then you do an external link all at the same time. And you really don't know like what made a difference. So that's, that's perfect. Very cool. And do you happen to remember the metrics on that um, particular guest post at Ballpark? As far as... Uh, like the domain rating or domain authority, anything like that? Oh, I think it was maybe like a DA of like 50. I think the, the site's getting maybe like 30,000 a month in page views or something like that. Okay. So it was a it was a pretty aged site. Awesome. And it was... So, and for the people that are sort of unfamiliar with some of the vocabulary there. So the site that your guest post landed on was organically getting roughly 30,000 visitors per month. So, you know, Google likes the site because it's actually getting traffic organically. Right. Cool. And that, that is verifiable through like third party um, sources like href. So you can see, Hey, they're actually ranking for these keywords. Okay. Very cool. Do you have any other tools that you use on a regular basis, like Hrefs or any others? Um, so I just recently started using Surfer SEO to optimize my pages. So I'm going back through and testing True Density out. Um, I'm testing different word counts and headings and bolding certain words and just all the little things that Surfer has that brings you more towards the uh, the rest of the pages that are ranking in the top ten. So. Okay to try to push my pages up. Do you have any results from that yet? Or is it I don't, too early? I, okay. Yeah, I just started, so it's too early. Okay. I've heard good things um, so far about Surfer. Is it Surfer SEO? Is that what it's yeah. called? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't used it personally, but a lot of people, there's a lot of buzz about um, the tool, which um, I don't know who made it or anything like that, but um, sometimes when there's a lot of buzz, it doesn't necessarily mean things are great. So I, I'm, a, I'm always skeptical though. I'm a, I'm a contrarian in a lot of ways. So, um, yeah, let us know how it works out. And do you have a, any handle on how long it'll take for some of the results to, to show up for on page? Um, maybe like in the next three weeks to a month okay. potentially. So I tried to force index it on Google search console. So hopefully it'll be quicker, but okay. we'll see. Cool. And I found, you know, those on-site type changes do happen super quick. I mean, it could be as, as quick as a week. Um, but of course you're, you're doing it on several pages on the site. So it'll take some time for everything to, um, kind of propagate through uh, everything. So, 
All right. Well, any other interesting tips on like link building or content on, on the site? Uh, so not so much a tip, but, uh, pretty soon I'm planning on doing some AB testing for what's better between having your buyer's guide first compared to last on the site to see, uh, whether people click over more to Amazon or trust your site a little bit more if you have the information first or if you just have your products first. So I'm gearing up to do that. That should be an interesting little study. Yeah. So how do you have it set up now? Um, so right now it's my product reviews are first and then the buyer's guide is second, but I'm leaning towards just changing it up just to see what happens and then doing an AB test to really see what the results are. Okay. Yep. And I've seen, I've seen it done both ways. I've never actually done a test, but I definitely, you know, it feels like that could be a good approach to have uh, the helpful information first, like you said, to sort of build trust. And then by the time the person gets to the product, they're like, Oh, I kind of get it. And I, I trust the site. I'm educated about like making a selection here. So totally Mm -hmm. makes sense. Yep. Um, and then, uh, another thing is I'm a really true believer of tables, having really good tables on your, on your site. I've seen, uh, my conversion rating for my tables is at about, uh, 10 or 11% compared to links, which is only at like 3%. So tables is definitely huge. And I, I was watching your interview with Kirk Phillips and what he said about tables is 100% true. If they're clicking on your table, they're more likely to buy than if they're clicking through a link. Cool. Do you have any, um, like tips on how you set up your tables? So I have a, uh, a, a developed tables, like a developer developed a special table. So it's not like a generic plugin or anything like that. Um, and just having like really good, uh, features of the product that it's more of a benefit, like turning a feature into a benefit is pretty much what I do on the tables. Okay. And what was it like, uh, hiring a developer to uh, work on the table and how do you, how do you actually like insert a table into like your WordPress post? So it, it, uh, it uses short code. It's actually done through, uh, AWP. So, um, it's, it still is run through a plugin, but it's just, uh, the CSS was changed on there to make it, to make it more friendly, user friendly. Okay. So basically you got a developer to change the formatting for the, like specific table the AAWP normally uses by default and like you're laying a CSS layer on top of it to format it exactly how you want it to behave. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then you're using the normal short codes for AAWP. Yep. Perfect. And, um, yeah. So what was it like hiring a developer to do it? How did you end up, um, finding that person and communicating with them exactly what you wanted to do? Uh, so I just used a, a table that I had seen on another uh, website and they were able to basically just replicate it, replicate it. That's all. It's pretty simple. Okay. How long did it take? What, what did it cost you? Uh, it was a couple months and, uh, it cost, uh, like three, 400 bucks. Okay. It took him a couple months to yeah. 
holy cow. Yeah. Because uh, in my head, I'm like, usually if you have um, – if you have an existing um, table, for example, or element, whatever it may be, you usually can just go look in uh, like Chrome or any browser to see what the code is, see the actual CSS, and then you just like slam it into whatever you're using. So I'm surprised it took that long, basically. No, Do you have any- sometimes, sometimes you get what you pay for, I guess. Oh. I don't know. It's- yeah. Well, and I'm no coder, so I, and I, I just, I've played around a little bit with CSS and, um, yeah, so maybe I'm completely uninformed and people can send me an angry email and let me know that it's way harder than that. But I think it's, yeah. it's like straightforward. I, I try to play around with CSS too. I don't get too deep into it because, you know, with, with CSS and everything, you can, you know, I want to like mess up my website, but yep. I've changed a few con- font colors here and there and just some cosmetic stuff. But yeah, cool. But yeah, tables is the way to go, definitely. So, any other uh, overall tips on on like I said, uh, link building? You got uh, keyword research, content, anything you've learned? Um, just competition analysis with keywords. Like, I think keywords is probably the biggest thing. Like, that's what's going to make or break your website. So, if if you do anything right, it would be keyword research because. If you don't, then you're going to be stuck for a long time. If you're trying to go after a big fish before you can catch the small fish, then it's going to be a problem. So definitely understanding the SERPs and how they work and what keywords are smart to go after when and that sort of thing. You know, not not trying to uh, go after a keyword that's dominated by, you know, domain ratings that are like 80s and 90s because you're not going to you're not going to get on page one. But if you can find a few that. uh a few domain ratings that are in the thirties or twenties, you know, those are the ones that you want to go after because you can compete there or even lower. So good advice. All right. Well, we're sort of coming to the end here. So do you have any, uh, like again, tips or advice for people who are just getting started and they want to replicate your success? Uh, yeah, it's not overnight. So just do something like it doesn't, you don't have to, do something every day, but just week over week, you know, just do a little bit here, a little bit there, keep improving, keep learning. As long as you just, you know, do something on your website, it'll add up over time to, you know, big things. So very good. Great advice. And yeah, just people got to get started doing a thing and it may not be their, you know, thing that's going to help them like quit their job or be their, you know, next 10 years, the project they're working on, but you'll learn a lot along the way. Like, I think it's great to highlight, you know, you had a couple or yeah, I don't know how many websites you had before, but it was, like, a, it was a good amount. <laughs> okay. So you, you had, you had some uh, mistakes along the way and there's a wake of, you know, 10 websites before I really got uh, my footing and figured out what I needed to do. So Excellent. Excellent. Well, uh, Justin, you kind of keep it low, um, uh, like under the radar. And, um, if people want to like find you, it's basically like just in maybe like some YouTube comments, you may, you show up yeah. on YouTube occasionally. And then, yeah. um, you're, you're a little bit active over on the Facebook group for the course, which is private. So, um, I, I appreciate that. I think, you know, keeping it, um, 
<laughs> keeping the number of people um, asking things of you is uh, to a lower amount is, is a good thing most of the time. So um, is there anywhere else you want people to like check out? Nope. Just I'm in those two places. If uh, you got a question, right I'll on. be around maybe. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, uh, thanks, Justin. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks a lot to Justin. I appreciate him taking time out of his busy schedule. I think uh, at the time we were recording that, he was about to move across the country. Long drive and hopefully it went really well for him and he's settling in at his new home now. So I want to let you know about a five-figure niche site. That is my premium course and it teaches you how to build an Amazon affiliate site from scratch, starting from like keyword research, brainstorming, setting up the site publishing content. There's some templates. Actually, there's a lot of templates for putting content together. And I even, you know, give you an over-the-shoulder view of how I hired people. I literally go over to Upwork, show you how I post a job, sort through all the proposals and stuff like that. Additionally, it goes into uh, link building, applying to the Amazon associate program and, you know, growing a site in general. I don't push it too hard on the podcast or even on YouTube. Usually it's through the email list and it's kind of funny every now and then. In fact, just today I was, um, you know, getting some emails from someone who wants me to consult for them. They want me to audit their site, which I do. You can go to the hire me page. So this person went over there. I think they found me from YouTube most likely, but they had no clue that I had a course, zero idea that I had a course. And probably, like I said, they found me on YouTube, watched some videos. I mean, I recognize their name. I recognize their avatar. I think they just never signed up for the email list. If they would have signed up for the email list, they would know that uh, a lot of the templates and systems that I use, I just make freely available. And the course, eventually, this is uh, behind the scenes, very inside baseball. Basically, if you sign up for my email list, you get a lot of good, helpful information. And some people, that's all they need. They just need some of the templates, some of the guides, and a, a few of the articles that I've written to get started and start a site, run a site, earn money and all that stuff. However, the course gives you a couple very cool things. Now, number one, you get access to me because you could send an email and I actually uh, read it and I actually re reply back in a very uh, thoughtful way as opposed to, I mean, if you're listening to this, you know, every now and then I will, um, uh, I'll say rant or complain, which sounds horrible, but every now and then I just get a little frustrated and I'm like, Hey, you know what? I get frustrated by some of these comments on uh, YouTube, but I digress. Basically the cool part with the course is you can get feedback directly from me. Now it has to be within reason. There's certain parameters, right? If you send me like, you know, 14 emails a day, I'm not going to like it so much, but you generally get email access for me to verify, check things for you and that sort of thing. You know, that's on top of the course, right? So there are, I think uh, there's hundreds of videos in there at this point, but, or at least over a hundred, I better phrase that properly. But 
basically it takes you from start to finish. There's usually like three to five lessons per unit and there's something like 11 units. So it's a thorough course and it takes you step by step. One of the best things in my opinion is it cuts out the, the fluff. This is the refined framework. It is distilled down from all of the things that you can do, which are, I mean, overwhelming to say the least. But basically, I mean, if you go check out my YouTube channel, if you go check out my blog, Spencer's blog over at Niche Pursuits and a lot of these other resources that are out there for free, you can basically put together all the steps that you need to do. But the bad part is there are I don't know, like 80% of the things that you're going to find, you don't need to do. In fact, a lot of the things that you can do, it's noise. It is a distraction and you don't need to do it. It's kind of strange, but I mean, I have an internet marketing YouTube channel and I have an internet marketing blog. So I talk about uh, some very nuanced topics and ideas like many other marketers do as well. The great part with the course is you only get the steps that you need to do, the stuff that you have to do to be successful. So quick plug for the course. And if you haven't checked it out, that is okay. You can shoot me an email, feedback at doug.show. Mention something in the subject line about the course and I can potentially fast track you or you know get you some answers to your questions about the course. I highly suggest if you have not signed up for my email list to go to nichesiteproject.com, click the green button, sign up for that email list. Basically, the inside baseball portion is if you sign up for the email list, you'll get a lot of helpful info. You'll get those templates and systems that I talked about already. And then eventually, I will put forth the offer for the course. And if it's the right time for you, if it's the right course for you, you probably will want to check it out. It is a premium course, so it's fairly expensive. I don't mention prices because it could change in the future. Basically, um, you'll get that information in those emails. I also launch the course about four times a year. It it depends on what's going on in the, in the world and in my life and what we have time to do. But generally, four times a year, often in January, April, July, and October. Those are typically the launch months and it kind of varies. So just keep keep a lookout. Um, again, you'll find out if you're on my email list, that's the best way to stay abreast of the things that I'm working on and anytime that there's a launch. Maybe sometime in the future, I will actually go over like the funnel that I have in place and sort of how I put it together, which took a really, really long time. So it's, you know, if you, if you build an audience and you put together a course, that's like 25% of the work. Figuring out how to position and market and work on a sales page for a course or any product, it takes a very long time. At least it took me a very long time. Very tough to sell that kind of stuff. There's a couple more things I want to talk about. So like I mentioned before, I have seen a few common traits between people that are successful and a lot of students that have taken my course or contacted me over time. So I will come back to that. I do want to give a shout out to some people that sent emails. Uh, Maybe they've left a comment over on the YouTube channel. So I do have a YouTube channel and I'm, you know, I try and get people 
over to my different areas of the platform, I guess. So you got the blog that I was pumping earlier. Uh, YouTube is out there too. It's uh, it's pretty cool. A lot of times I'll do a live stream each week. So if you haven't checked that out, it's kind of fun. Like I, I give you shout outs if you, if you come and hop on the chat. I try to give people shout outs like this if they do leave a comment. So I know that who got in touch with me recently was Gary. Gary left a comment, which I need to find here, but Gary left a comment. Gary said this, one of my issues is that I have the building of websites down to a fine art. I can make a really nice website, but it's the content part that I really hate. I can write good content, It's just tedious work and I easily lose interest. But I'm sure other people are in the same boat as me, but hate designing websites and getting the structure right. Gary says, great content nonetheless. I love your videos and it helps me keep my knowledge up to scratch. Thanks a lot, Gary, for watching the videos. I do appreciate it. And hopefully you are listening to the podcast because I told you I was going to give you a shout out. So hopefully you're you're a subscriber now. Yeah, Gary, I think you're right. Some people are going to love putting together a website. Some people are going to love writing the content, like a writer, for example. And some people are going to really like doing the keyword research and maybe some of the analytical sort of stuff. Everybody has a different set of uh, skills and combination of skills. So, I mean, the only sort of advice that I would offer you, Gary, is you can hire someone to do any of the pieces that you do not like to do. Oftentimes, you will pay a premium to get really good work done in the areas that you don't like doing. But I mean, you gotta you gotta pay for uh, you gotta pay for stuff that's good. That's just the way it is. I've done dozens of interviews with successful people, whether they were students of mine or just other folks. Maybe they were mentors of mine, and I was able to interview them. There's a few things that I have seen, and these may not be shocking, but a lot of times I will get the straight up question, hey, what makes people successful? Like, have you noticed anything like those traits that all your students that are making $5,000 per month, what do they do? Like, is there something different? And I wish there was some little magic bullet, some easy thing, maybe a pill. That would be great a pill that you could take or maybe some kind of additive that you could put into a beer, that would be even better. I would take that a few times a day probably. But in all seriousness here, there are a couple things that I've seen. So I'll just, I'm going to read them out and then riff on them just a a little bit here. One is persistence. In this case um, with Justin, the interview that you just listened to, he stuck with it. He had a couple websites that weren't doing great and he he knew that it was possible. So he stuck with it. The other part is flexibility and the willingness to pivot. You have to persist. You have to do the things that you say that you're going to do. But when things are not working how you expect, you should be flexible. You should pivot. You don't want to do anything too drastic like completely changing your business model. So you wouldn't want to start an Amazon affiliate site, then start a podcast, then start a YouTube channel, then get into drop shipping, then try to teach courses. You don't want to do that, but you should be flexible. Let's say you started an Amazon affiliate website 
and you think you have a good set of keywords, but you're not quite sure, maybe you should take another look and approach the keywords again. Maybe you should think about expanding the website to different topic areas. Maybe you can add an informational side. Maybe it'll be mostly an informational site where you can put display ads on there like Ezoic, for example. So just be flexible and be willing to pivot. Another thing is just being task-oriented. Gary mentioned in his comment on YouTube that he hates writing, but you may have to you know, eat the frog and, and deal with the things that you don't like doing in the short term until you get some cash flow so that you can reinvest into the business and feel good about it without having to spend a lot of money out of your own pocket, for example, versus like reinvesting. I think the task-oriented point has a few layers as well. So one of the things that happens when you build an Amazon affiliate site or really any kind of business, most of the time you will have to do a lot of work up front. If you're opening a brick and mortar store, a restaurant, some other online business, maybe a software product, for example, there's a pretty good amount of upfront work before you're going to get much feedback. If you're launching a site that needs to get organic traffic from Google, you may spend several weeks, several months working before you're getting much traffic. And it may be even longer before you're earning money and pulling in revenue. So I don't want to go too deep or too far into a tangent, but you need to be able to work through a list of tasks, hopefully in the right order. If you get it out of order, that can screw, screw some things up. But you really want to be able to work on stuff without getting positive feedback. And that leads me to the last point, which is self-motivation. That's another question I get often. Hey, Doug, how do you stay motivated? And it's like, I don't know. I just do shit. I have no clue. And I was like that when I was a little kid. I would find little projects to work on. I remember hanging out with my friends when I was probably like nine or 10 years old. And we're like, hey, let's uh, let's go down to the creek and um, build a little dam, which was probably kind of not not destructive, but you know, it kind of interrupted the watershed and where water should flow. We didn't cause a flood or anything. I mean, we we're ten years old. We had probably uh, no shovels or anything, just sticks and trying to you know throw some stuff into a creek to make a dam. I don't know why we we're doing that. We we're only ten years old. But then fast forward just a couple years after that, I was like I was like 12 or 13 years old and I wanted to buy a CD player. My dad was like, well, how are you going to pay for it? And how are you going to get CDs if I were to buy you a CD player? And I was like, I don't know. Maybe I'll cut grass. I've, I've seen maybe some people cutting grass around here and everyone has grass in their yard in Georgia. So, or a lot of people do. So the next day I started pushing a lawnmower around. I stopped at houses that had uh, like long grass that looked terrible, would knock on the door and just, I mean, I was 12 years old. I had no, I was probably more scared <laughs> to talk to strangers and do a pitch, but I, I was just like, hey, do you want me to cut your grass? So for the <laughs> motivation part, I don't know. A, a lot of people just have some sort of innate drive to do a thing. I don't know if it is really innate or if it's something that I picked up or whatever. I'm sure people can help shape their motivation and understand their why. Other people are just busybodies. An interview I did a couple, several weeks ago 
was with uh, Carl Jensen, and I think he's a busybody too. He's um, one of the the Fi people, one of the financially independent folks that I know around here, and um, he stays pretty busy working on projects that he wants to work on. I think he even has more projects than he has time to work on, which is kind of funny considering that he's now retired and not uh, doesn't have to do a corporate job or anything like that. So the quick summary of those traits that I see in common with a lot of the people that are successful, they are persistent, they're flexible, and they're willing to pivot. They're task-oriented and they could work on something for a fairly long amount of time and have delayed gratification in a lot of ways. And they're also self-motivated. And that is, uh, it's pretty interesting when when it comes down to it. Some people need a boss to get them motivated to do the work and other folks can just work on their own and they don't need any external motivation. Kind of interesting. All right. I'm going to leave it at that today. I uh, Funny aside, I'm sitting in my office right now and I'm sitting in the desk chair that I always sit in and it keeps creaking and making noises. I'm not sure if I'm sitting on it funny, but I've had to re-record several little portions of this episode. So if you heard any weird hiccups or editing, it's because the chair made a noise because I shifted or did something and then I had to re-record it again because it was a loud like pop. Perhaps I need a new chair with less, like little moving parts and wheels and all that stuff. Anyway, thanks a lot for checking out the episode today. And I want to point out, if you have not listened to the last episode, episode 134, it was an interview, a rebroadcast with Maddie from Content Refined. The cool thing is I gave an update on the stats. The traffic is up by a huge amount year over year. And even in this time of uh, COVID-19 coronavirus here in March and April of 2020, traffic is still going up. That is kind of amazing to me because I've heard from several of my friends that basically traffic's going down in a pretty serious way. I have one of my contacts that I talk to pretty often, their site, traffic and revenue, traffic and revenue, both down by like 30 to 40%. Pretty dramatic, pretty dramatic. And it just happens to be, you know, different, different topic areas and that sort of thing. But anyway, if you didn't check out episode 134, do check it out. Very interesting. Check out content refined as well. All right, let's call it a day here. 